chapter 6, I want to thank again those uh, who have already participated in our worship, uh, who's already read the text. And uh, for emphasis sake, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm going to get on in the message. Uh, and then we trust and pray that at the end of this message uh, that your heart will be changed and that you will be better today than you were yesterday and have a greater hope for tomorrow. We're in our series about the character of the church. If we have any visitors, we want you to know your honored guests will address you uh, at a more uh, appropriate time. But we're talking about the character of the church. Uh, and we're in this series for a reason for us to understand that there are some expectations upon our lives. Not only are there some expectations on our lives, but then there's some blessings given to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, we talked about uh, two weeks now. We've been on this uh, series. And, and earlier we talked about the fact, started out talking about the example of Paul's life. The Bible said Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God to the saints, who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. We talked about the fact uh, that Paul knew of Christ's riches in his life. And his life was the ultimate example of having the riches of God. Paul one time was a great enemy to the church. Hello somebody. Uh, like some of us were. Uh, some of us are still kind of on, on the iffy side. God don't know if he can depend on you or not. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's a curveball, but it's the truth. Uh, some of us haven't shown God whose side we're on yet. Hello, somebody. We also talked about the fact that Paul had such a relationship with God that he knew the plan of God for his life. And some of us need to come to terms and understand that we are here for a purpose. And listen, church, I don't mean to bust nobody bubble this morning, but you got to understand, sister girl and brother man, that you are not here to serve your own purpose. You know, it's not about you. It's not about you. Uh, uh, we got to understand that God, even the gifts we have, we get it twisted and don't understand that the gift God has given you is not for yourself, but it's for somebody else. I wish I had some help in here this morning. Y'all looking at me funny. Let me say this again. I know you've gone and got your education. I know you've gone and got your degree. I know you have your experience. I know you have your talents. I know you have your gifts. I know you know what you're doing. You've received great promotions. You have gone from one level to another level. But sister girl, brother man, let me help you understand that everything God has given you is for his purpose and by his design. And watch this, Paul knew that. Not only, watch this now, Joe, not only did Paul know that what his purpose was in Christ, and not only did Paul recognize that his gifts came from Christ, not only does he, did he recognize that his purpose was designed by God, but Paul also knew who he was called to minister to. And I, and I just, I, I, you know, I've been here a year and a half, and I just have come to an understanding that some of us at CP don't understand that we are called to minister. I told you this last week, you're not called to just worship God, you are called to minister. I wish I had some help in here. Then Paul knew also not only who he was called to minister, but Paul knew what it, what it looked like uh, in the lives of others when you minister to them. Now I got a question to ask you. Have any of us ever made any difference in anybody else's life in a positive spiritual way? 
Ask yourself that question. Have you really made a difference in anybody else's life in a spiritual way? Or do every time somebody see you, they want to go the other way? Hello, somebody. Paul knew what to look for in the lives of others in order to minister them, but he also knew what it looked like when he had ministered to others in their lives. But then we also talked about the encouragement for our lives. We talked about the fact in verse 2, Paul says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now here's what I want to pick up today. We can know and we can be assured of the intentions intentions that God has in our lives. Let me tell you why some of you are not happy. Some of you are not happy because you're not trying to understand God's intention for you, but you got your own plan. You got your own plan. That's like, listen, that's like trying to put, you know the little game they had uh, for uh, little children when they were uh, uh, developing their motor skills and they had the little um, uh uh, shapes in, in the, in the block of the, of the, of the base of the game or the, or, or the learning tool and, and they had to take the, every square and put it in the square, the triangle, in the triangle, the octagon, in the octagon. Well what some of us are trying to do, we're trying to put the square in the circle and trying to put the... But what we don't understand that God has already designed your life. God has already designed a purpose for you. And the reason why there's no joy in your life, and the reason why there's no satisfaction in your life, and the reason we're going to talk about peace in a minute, but the reason why there's no peace in your life, because you don't understand that you gotta operate in the purpose in which God has called you and stop trying to fulfill your own purpose. Turn to somebody and tell them God's got a plan for you. Come on, turn to the person on the other side and tell them God has a plan for you. You know why we can know the intentions of God in our lives? It's because God already knows it. You remember what he said in Jeremiah 29 and 11? You remember what God said? He says, for I know the plans I have for you. What do you have for me, God? I don't have plans for you to be sorrowful. I don't have plans for you to be sad. I don't have plans for you to be smitten. But the Bible said that God has plans for us to prosper. God has plans that there be no harm in our life and hope for our future. What a mighty God we serve. The thing, that problem with us is, the reason why we're suffering many times is because we're not operating in the plan. I said, we're not operating in the plan. It's like trying to have uh, a protection on your car without any car insurance. You can drive a little bit better when you know you got proper coverage. I wish I had some help. You don't worry so much when you get ill when you know you got a health plan. I wish I had some money. When your bill come in the mail, you don't sweat about it if you know you got money in the bank to pay the bill. I wish I had some help. All I'm trying to get you to see this morning is that when you operate in God's plan, everything works out better. I wish I had some help in here. Paul reminds us of our God-given title. Let me tell you, especially our young girls, stop answering to names that God didn't give you. Hello, somebody. Your name not a garden tool. 
Women have gotten so silly now where they call each other by that name and they so silly that they think it's funny and think it's cool. What's up? And, yeah, and you just answer to it. We need to understand the name, the great uh, God-given name that he's given us and he calls us to be saints. I bet I bet if I hadn't said nothing at first and just pulled the church and said, how many of us are saints in here? Holly, nobody will raise their hand. Because you got a mental or what uh, idea or understanding of what society says saints are. Huh. I know what people call you has a lot to do how, how they see you. Hello, somebody. At the end of World War One, Herbert Hoover, who later on became one of our presidents, led an Allied relief effort in Europe. He kept hundreds of thousands of people from starving in Europe. And a new word entered into the Finnish language in Finland. The word Hoover meaning to be kind to people. Why? Because of what he was known for what he was doing. If someone coined a word from your name, what word would it be? <laughs> I wish I had some help here. When they see you coming, will they say, here comes the liar? When they see you coming, will they say, here comes the thief? When they see you coming, will they say, here's the unfaithful? Will they say, here's the lazy one? Whatever they say is because of what they know about you. But don't you realize that in Christ, God doesn't see our dinginess. God does not see our dirtiness. I wish I was talking to some real saints in here. God doesn't see our sin. Yeah, I might have fallen. I might have sinned. But thanks be to God, when he looks at me, he does not see my sin. God sees the saint. I wish I had some help here. See, it does not matter how you see me, but it matters how God sees me. My name comes from God. And the reason my name comes from God is because of how he sees me. There was a story about a lost dog. The, the story says that there was a lost dog with brown hair. Had several bald spots. He hobbles when he walks. He, his right leg is Injured due to a horrible accident. It says that his left hip was hurt. His right eye was missing. Uh, his left ear had been bitten off in a dog fight. But the ad says he answers to the name Lucky. You see, you may not understand it, but the owner understood it. Because the owner knew what he had gone through. You may have saw a damaged good dog. But God saw, the owner saw, the dog who made it through the struggle. Y'all miss y'all shout. I'm trying to get you to understand that a saint is not a football player. A saint is not a private eye on the TV show. A saint is not a dead person who had performed in the eyesight of other people miracles that the Catholic church canonized. But the saint is the believer and follower of Jesus Christ. The word saint literally means to be set apart. 
Uh, to be holy. It is a description not based on what we have done, but what Christ has. I wish I had some help. See, to become a saint, it's nothing you do, but it's to be acted upon by the grace of Almighty God. You can't do enough to become a saint. You can't say enough to become a saint. You can't give enough to become a saint. It is a gift from God because of an obedience in Christ. I wish I had some help. Because of an obedience in Christ Jesus. You see, we may be broken. We might be bad. I wish I was talking to the right church. We might be beaten down and might even be bald. But look at here. It's not how you see me, but it's how God sees me. We might be sin saturated, but when Christ looks, he sees a saint. When Christ looks, he sees the one who was saved. When Christ looked, he sees the redeemed. When Christ looked, he sees the born again. When Christ looked, he sees the chosen one. When Christ looked, he sees a royal priesthood. Talk about me as much as you please. Look at my problems, but God looks at his grace. Look at my sin, but God looks at his salvation. I come to tell you that we serve a mighty God, and if we were just operated his purpose, our lives would be fulfilled. I said our lives would be fulfilled. I need to tell you, Paul reminds us of our God-given treasures. I said he reminds us of our God-given treasures. Christ has set us apart. He has made us holy. I wish I had two people that would turn to somebody here and tell them nobody but Jesus. It was nobody but Jesus. We're not good enough within ourselves to earn the title as a saint. The fastest growing crime in America is identity theft. It says that 500,000 new victims are victimized every year. And about 25% of all credit card thefts result in a related incident of identity theft. But it is a heavenly crime not to know who you really are in Christ Jesus. I know it's a crime. Identity theft is a, is a tragic thing. And if any of us ever been victims, you know what I'm talking about. But a greater crime is to know that you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus. Because how many of you know that if you don't know who you are, you won't know how to act? Paul reminds us of our God-given treasures. Grace to you. Listen to it in verse 2. And the peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Two basic treasures, Sister Claire. That are ours as saints. Some of you can't shout now because you don't even know you're a saint. But we have two basic treasures, Joe. In Christ, that is grace and peace. Grace, unmerited favor. God's riches at Christ's expense. Undeserved, unearned, you know, by us, but provided through what Christ had to experience. Grace is that God gives you that you don't deserve. I wish I had some help in here. 
for us to understand and truly appreciate his grace. You see, we were doomed, but through Christ we were delivered. We were stained with sin, but through Christ we were washed in his blood. We were condemned, but through Christ we were justified. We, we, we were uh, crookified, but through Christ we are sanctified. We were qualified, but through Christ we will be glorified. It is by the power of his blood that sin has no more sting. It is the power of his blood that grave no longer have the victory. It is through the power of his blood that even when I fall to sin, he's able to reach way, way, way down, pick me up and place my feet on solid ground. It is through his blood that I'm able to live in the presence of God as a saint. Am I right about it? Not as a sinner, but as a saint. When he see me, he doesn't see my sin. He sees the blood of his son that has washed away all of my sins. Because one day he died, but it just wasn't for my yesterday's sin. He died, but it wasn't just for my present sin. But when he died, he died for every sin that I'm going to ever commit. So you talk about me if you please, but when God sees me, he sees a saint. He sees the blood of his son. He sees the redeemed. He sees the saved. He sees the one who will be glorified with him. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be all saved. Who are you talking to, Jesus? I'm talking to the saints of Almighty God. Oh, but then not only does we have grace, but we have peace. Listen, church, this is not the peace of this world that people commonly talk about. Because the world is filled with war. The world is full of hostility. The world is full of liars. The Don't you say, some of y'all lie. Hello, somebody. The world is full of criminals. The world is full of folk who talk about you. That scandalize your name. That's not the peace that Paul is talking about here. The peace Paul talks about here comes from the Greek word irene. Let me hear you say irene. And this peace is not the peace of quietness. This peace is not the peace or absence of disturbances in your life. Because God, we know that Paul, Paul's already saying, we know that if we are to live as a Christian, we're going to suffer persecution. So what peace are you talking about? Irene, Irene, it comes from the word Irene. And this peace means the welfare of a person. It means the, it means God's gift of wholeness. Let me make you see what this peace means. What it means is, 
even when there's turmoil in your life, even when there's struggles in your life, even when it seems like the adversity rains of life is blowing in your life and the winds are strong and the seas of life is raging, it means God puts you in a place where nothing can shake your faith, nothing can shake your faith, nothing can cause you to fumble. He keeps you whole, he keeps you sane, he keeps you in peace, and no matter what the devil throws at you, you won't lose your mind. That's real peace. It means a oneness, a wholeness. So when he says, peace be unto you, Paul speaks volumes to the fact that life will try to rattle you. It will try to unnerve you. But God has a way of keeping you whole. Some of you sitting here today, if truth be told, you should have lost your mind a long time ago. Some of you sitting here today, if truth be told, you should have been in jail a long time ago. If truth be told, and you had your way, you would have cussed a lot of folk out a long time ago. If truth be told, and you had your way, you would have slapped the fire out of folk a long time ago. If truth be told, and you would have had your way, there would have been some dead folk a long time ago. But grace be to God, thanks be to God, that he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Not only does he remind us of our treasures, but we can know the extent of God's blessings in our lives. I come to tell you as I go to my seat, we have, watch this church, we have unlimited spiritual blessings. He says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this as I close. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Look at the exciting verse. From the word blessed, we get our English word eulogy. And from this word, it literally means to speak well of. What are some reasons we should speak well of God, church? Number one, because we have our blessed, or that our blessing is a secured blessing. It is a done deal. <laughs> Turn to somebody and tell them it's a done deal. I said our secured, our blessing is secured in God. You see, you don't need anything more than what you already have in your relationship with Christ because He already sealed everything at Calvary. There is no problem you can have that Christ cannot handle. There's no mountain you can come to that he can't give you the power to climb. Not only does he have the power to give you the climbing, but he can move it if he decides to. There's no night too dark that he can't lead you through to the marvelous light. There's no sin too stained that he can't wash it white as snow. Our blessing is already secured in Christ Jesus to finish work. Of the cross. But not only is it secure, but then I need to tell you it's sufficient. I said our blessings in Christ are sufficient. 
Every spiritual blessing is ours already. Now I know some of you saying, Brother Miles, when is it going to come? Sister girl, brother man, it's not that it hasn't come. Some of you just walk past it. Oh, Jesus. I see, see, some of you come here every Wednesday and look at it and don't see it. Some of you sit here every Sunday and listen to it and don't see it. I tell you again, and I tell you before I go to my seat, you need to understand that it's not about you. The reason why many of us are not happy or satisfied because we keep trying to satisfy the flesh. Don't you understand why you can't satisfy the flesh? The flesh can't satisfy flesh because they're both temporary. A temporary fix. In our language, we call it nigger rigging. Okay, okay, okay. Y'all not gonna keep it real. See, we call it nigger rigging. When you won't fix something right, Joe, but you just put a Okay, 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 okay. You need to understand that if you're gonna have sufficiency, it's gotta be done God's way. Oh, help me, Lord, as I close. Here's a news flash for you. We are talking spiritual blessings and not material and financial blessings. Yes, God is able to bless us financially, church. But these blessings that Paul is talking about go far beyond material. You see, the health and the wealth, yes, they come from God as blessings. But we have already in the bank everything we need spiritually from God. I don't need to tell you that the Father has an unlocked storehouse in heaven. And the reason for our blessing in Christ is that so that we can share them with others. Reasons for our blessings is that we may show the glory or show forth the glory of God in our blessing to others. In our relationship with him, these blessings become abundantly clear and they become more progressive. Let me say that again. In our relationship with him, our blessings become abundantly more clear and progressive. What does that mean? The more time you spend with God, the more your blessings become clearer to you. And the more your blessings become clearer to you, the more you're going to give those blessings to others. Now remember, we're not just talking about tangible things. We're talking about the spoken word of Jesus Christ. How can we have these blessings and yet not have experienced them to the full degree? I'll tell you how. It's just like a man who goes out and buys an appliance for his kitchen. If he never reads the instruction manual, that appliance ends up doing nothing but sitting in his kitchen looking like an ornament. And he never benefits from the product until he understands the purpose of it. Well, many of us don't understand the purpose of God's grace and the purpose of his peace. And we don't understand why God has blessed us in so many different areas. We're so intelligent. It comes to us like that. It's easy for us to get. Other people in our job recognizes these gifts and these talents, but nobody in the church knows anything about it. These believers look around at great temples and riches and arts of treasures and, and many 
compromise their relationship with God to satisfy their fleshly desires and their needs. But I come to tell you that none of these things, none of these things will be eternally beneficial to you. Because Jesus himself said, one of these days, heaven and earth is going to pass away. You better put your stock and you better put your trust and you better put your faith in things from up above. We wonder why we have houses, but we don't have a home. We wonder why we have postapelic mattresses and all of these memory foam mattresses now. All of these adjustable beds, but we don't have no rest. We wonder why we keep drinking our favorite drink, but yet our thirst is not quenched. We wonder why we have so much sex. And when this partner don't work no more, we get another partner. And when that partner don't work no more, we get another partner. We wonder why we're like that. But understand that that doesn't bring you love. All I'm trying to get you to see this morning is, is that when you operate in God's purpose in your life, not only will you have a fulfilled life, but you will begin to help others to achieve their fulfillment in life as well. I've said enough this morning. Are you going to recognize your purpose? Are you going to operate in your purpose? Are you going to allow God to receive the glory that he gets from when you operate in your purpose? I told you last week that understanding God and and getting to purpose, a ministry doesn't become what you do. It becomes who you are. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to evaluate yourself, ask yourself this question. Do I have to make myself do what I'm asked to do at church? Do I have to make myself be a part of this ministry? Do I have to make myself go to Bible study? Do I have to make myself go to church? If the answer is yes, then you have not come to your real purpose in God. Because when you come to your real purpose in God, again, it will not be what you do. It will be who you are. And when people see you, they will see a good thing. Because they will see God. Have you had any good spiritual effect in anybody else's life lately? If not, why not? I'll tell you why. Because you're not operating in God's purpose for your life. Because all of us are called to be life changers. Let me say that again. All of us are called to be life changers. But many of us are being influenced by the world instead of us influencing the world. Been there, done that, I've been guilty. That's why certain people you just can't hang with because their purpose and their drive is more stronger than yours. See, they're committed to what they're doing. Oh, they got it down pat. So much that they know how to convince you to lay down your religion. Birds of a feather. I'm telling you, there was no cussing in my house. When I was growing up, there was no cussing in my house. I never heard my mama say, but. You sure enough better not say it. 
I think I told y'all we couldn't even say the word booty. But you know when I, you know when I, I learned how to cuss? When I started hanging with people that cuss. And you know what? But after a while it, it, it got easy. You know when you first start marketing you feel a little guilty. You know, when you first start, you, you look around. Even though you ain't at church, Joe, you, you know, you'll look around, you say something, you don't know if somebody know you. But after a while, you get to the point where you don't care who hurt you. You start talking stuff like, I'm grown. That's the kind of stuff, y'all know I'm telling the truth. You start talking stuff like that, I'm grown. I can say what I want to say. But it was all by influence. All by influence. Certain things I didn't drink. Until I start hanging with people who drink it. Certain things I didn't do until I start hanging with people who does it. So what Paul is simply saying here, the more you hang out with God, the more like God you will be. And Paul says he understands his purpose. Now you know that, that struggle Paul had in Romans 7? He even said, watch this, he even said he didn't know what sin was until, uh, unless it was for the law. Influence. It showed, it mirrored. So all I'm saying to you is, the way you put all your value, where you put all your time, is what's going to influence your life. And listen, what's the most important to you is going to be your purpose in life. I don't care how much preaching, I don't care. That's why you got to make up in your mind that you're going to operate in the will of God and the purpose of God. And I tell you, the fight will be easier. If you're here today and you need to be saved, you come by believing the word of God, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ to be the son of God. And then you're buried in the water of grave of baptism for the remission of your sins. And the Bible said the Lord will add you to the church, Acts 2. 41 and 47. Paul, uh, John, the revelator, Revelations 2 and 10 said, after that, if you live faithful unto death, you receive a crown